1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Joining me today is CFP Chad Burton. He and I are going to discuss the 7 Retirement Readiness Test. It's a new event coming up August 24th at the Toll House Hotel in Las Vegas, California. We would love to see you there. You can learn more about it by going to debdebdeb.chadburton.com. It's debdebdeb.chadburton.com. It's 630 to 830 at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. Or you can also sign up at my website, robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Now, CFP Chad Burton, he is a regional director and um a certified financial planner for EP Wealth. You can find him online at chadburton.com. He has lots and lots of content. We've been doing this for years and years, 20 plus years, which uh, makes me feel old, but in a good way, because we're getting more knowledgeable as we're heading towards retirement. Chad, say you're 55 years old um, and a plan fails. Uh, what do you do next? What's the the next step when things don't go your well, go your way on the road to
2: retirement? Yeah, and I think this is where, you know, you really need to get unbiased, uh, fiduciary-based advice or so people are, you know, working in your best interest. Because if you go into a person at say fifty-five and they're looking for a commission, they might tell you, Yeah, you're ready to retire, you're ready to roll that four oh one K over into this really expensive annuity that makes me a huge commission, and you end up in a in an even worse spot. So Let's assume somebody comes into the office. They work with one of our certified financial planner practitioners, and you know it's pretty clear that they haven't saved enough. They're fifty-five. They're not ready to retire at, at sixty-five. They either need to save more, spend less, work a little longer, some sort of a combination. And it, it's a little tough to you know pull back your lifestyle. You're fifty-five years old. You want to retire at sixty-five, but you don't want to you know drop your lifestyle. What's the point? Um, and I think it's but also, I think when people stay active cognitively, physically, longer and later in retirement, they tend to be a little bit more happy. So the easiest thing to do is to start to save more where you can. And most companies have made that a lot easier. Rob, you've got the the Mega Roth four hundred and one k. We used to have a really good sound effect for that, but I haven't heard it lately. New, new board op. <laughs> the Mega Roth four hundred and one k sounds like a monster truck, but. So what a lot of people don't realize, and we have clients at, you know, Apple, Microsoft, Cisco, Intuit. I mean, I can name a ton of companies that offer this option for people that are already maxing out their deferral, all right? So everybody knows in 2023, the amount that you can put into a 401k is 22500 right? And you can choose to put that away pre-tax and get an immediate tax savings, And then it grows and grows. And then when you you pay taxes on everything when you pull it out, right? Or you can choose to put that deferral into the Roth where you don't get a tax savings, but it grows tax-free forever. Um, On top of that, if you're 50 or older, by the end of the year, you can put in another $7,500 on top of that. So that's 30 grand, right? That you can put into the 401k uh, as a deferral. And then typically you get some sort of a match, right? So let's say your employer matches 4%. And um, on top of that, what people don't realize is that there's another limit. There's this limit called the, the maximum defined contribution plan limit that the IRS states, which is actually $73,500 for somebody that's over 50. So that allows a lot of these plans allow for what's called after-tax contributions. So if you've already maxed out the deferral, you get a match. The difference between all of those numbers and the 73500 you can put in after-tax and have that converted to the Roth 401k. So in some cases where people are doing all 30 grand deferral into the Roth, we see another sometimes 30 to 35 grand that's put in after tax that also is, ends up converting into the Roth without a tax hit. And so that that's a really good way to start really socking away savings in an account that's going to grow tax-free forever. So when you pull it out, it doesn't affect the taxation of your Social Security. It doesn't affect your Medicare premiums. It's a really, really good way to save.
1: What else do we need to know about this? Because you've sent me a spreadsheet that's a little intimidating. <laughs> um, but it always intimidates me, and you know that. I think that's why you do yeah. that. Um, but I'm 55, essentially. So it's almost like you wrote this for me. I'm not behind in saving for retirement, so let's not make total fun of me. Um but my cash flow this year is heavier than it ever has been. So my I don't know if I have that extra money to throw into a uh catch up kind of contribution per se.
2: Yeah, the reason why I use fifty-five is it kind of is you know it's an age. Gosh, I've got three going into college this year. It's gonna be an expensive year. Um, but in another four years, I won't have anybody in college. So That's right. Um, that's typically when you, you get this extra income, you're at the, the height of your career in terms of earning. So you finally realize I just got a bonus. I just got more RSUs that are vesting. I can afford to put more money away. So in this scenario, um, that I sent you, the person is uh, making $150,000 a year mm-hmm. and they're getting a bonus of 30 grand a year. And so they can defer, you know, their, their base and their bonus into the plan. So sh- the spreadsheet shows them putting in the $30,000 into the pre-tax 401k, mm-hmm. They get a match of $6,000 and the difference between all of those numbers and the 73,500 that I mentioned is 37,500. So they're essentially putting in $30,000 pre-tax, getting a deduction for that. They're putting in um, 37,500 after tax that goes into the Roth and then the employer match is six grand. So they're actually getting into the plan 73,500 a year into this 401k in this scenario. So we have a lot of clients that are doing that. Um and so it's called a mega backdoor Roth 401k. And on top of that, if you do things correctly, you can still, even if you're a high income earner, do a backdoor Roth IRA and get another, you know, six, seven grand put into a Roth each year and, and just piling up these after tax uh or these this uh rather tax-free buckets of money in the Roth. Um I, I will say that so this was this was snuck in, Rob, in the Secure 2.0 Act that starting in 2024. If somebody's making more than one hundred and forty-five thousand dollars a year, the catch-up contributions for people that are fifty or older have to go into the Roth four hundred one k. And everybody's scrambling to try to figure out a way to to, to get this done. So there, there's there's a lot of uh, legislation to try to push that out. Say that again for the average person who didn't pick it up. Sure, Ievi. E. So if we go back to the beginning, we realize, okay, anybody can put in up to 22,500 into their 401k mm-hmm. at work. And when you're 50 or older this year, you can put in an extra 7,500 into your 401k as a deferral. That's and, it, right. It, and right now that can go either pre-tax and get a tax deduction for it where it grows, you know, everything grows, it, it's all taxable in the future when you take it out, or you can choose on that catch up contribution to 7,500. You could put it into the Roth 401k if you wanted to. Um, starting next year, if you make over 145 grand in 2023, then that catch up mm-hmm. contribution has okay. to go into the Roth. There's no tax savings that you're going to get. It has to go into the Roth. Got it. <laughs> and that kind of makes sense on some levels. Um,
1: it makes it more straightforward, I think for people like me.
2: Yeah, it is. It's, it's just tough. Cause it's like, let's say you're, you know, you know you're you're living and working in California right now. Oh yeah, okay, gotcha. And um, so your taxes are really high, and you plan on moving out of the state or out of the country where your taxes are going to be lower in retirement. It, it, it can, you know, it's not perfect for everybody, but you know, building up that Roth 401k is it's, it's not a bad thing at all. It's you know, it's tax free money. Well, let me
1: just say I'm looking forward to meeting you again, hanging out uh, August 24th, 6:30 to 8:30 at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, California. People can learn more about the event by going to chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Plus, there's a veritable plethora of resources that Chad has on his website that are awesome. 15 things to do before hiring a CFP. That's basically your outline for your financial planning life on your end of things before you turn it over to a professional. The seven readiness test of retirement Thursday. August 24, 630 to 830. Learn more at chadburton.com. Think you're in good
3: shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors, Thursday, August 24th in Los Gatos. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate, and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Thursday, August 24th, 630 to 830 p.m. at the Los Gatos Toll House Hotel. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests?
1: Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I do a podcast that you can find on your phones, Google Store or Apple Store. Um, it's called Rob Black Show. It used to be called Rob Black and Your Money. Too many names, to be quite honest with you. If you go way back, it was called 2020 Insight, which everyone thought I was a financial optometrist. Um, and that just wasn't quite right. But that's when I met Chad, when I used to do 2020 Insight. And uh, I've known Chad for 20 plus years. I think it's closer to 25 now. He and I have done seminars across the Bay Area and across the country for years. Um, We have a new one coming up August 24th, which if you look at your watch is right around the corner. You can find out more about it by going to Chad Burton. He is the regional director for EP Wealth in Pacific Northwest, as well as San Mateo, California. You can find him online at ChadBurton.com. That's ChadBurton.com. The event's Thursday, the 24th, 630 to eight thirty, It's a seven readiness test for retirement. I love this, Chad. Who doesn't love a, a poll top 10 list or a test to see if like you're you know sexually hot or ready for retirement or not? You <laughs> know? <laughs> I don't over... want to hear
2: about the results of that test for you, Rob.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm slowing down a bit, but okay, okay. Let's stop right there. In the first segment, you talked about, or in the first uh video today, we talked about um, some of the concepts of catching up if you haven't yeah. saved enough for retirement by 55. But what if you are still in that ballpark and you've maxed things out? What are some of the alternatives that you can take a look into?
2: Well, yeah. So if we if we go through and you've maxed out that mega Roth 401k, you're doing a either a Roth IRA or if you make too much money, a, a backdoor Roth IRA the next one is that you just got to save in in an after-tax account just a normal brokerage account so if you're single it's just a you know individual account at schwab or fidelity Um, or if you're married it's a joint account or it's a trust account if you have a living trust and you just set one up and you and you make systematic contributions and i would buy index funds either total stock market s p 500 type funds where you're just constantly saving on a monthly basis Um, and it adds up really really quick there's a lot of you know Options that are great for say so your first ten thousand bucks to twenty thousand bucks if you if you don't know how to do it you know Fidelity has Fidelity Go Schwab has Advisor Intelligence there's a lot of kind of robo options yeah. to get people going whether it's the Acorn app something like that but just to get that systematic monthly savings going um in finding a way to to do that and sometimes it's you know cutting a little bit of expenses so you're 55 years old you you go to a certified financial planner that's a fiduciary they they run that that first test that linear cash flow model and it's clear that you haven't saved enough to retire at 65 then it's do i work a little longer do i um cut my expenses and save a little bit more do i cut my expenses in retirement or is it a combination of of all of that Um, And the easiest one is to just try to save a little bit more, cut out some of the frivolous expenses. Now pay attention to your subscriptions that you have. Um, I, I, I popped on my Apple, my iPhone Mm -hmm. and, you know, did that pull down and typed in subscriptions in there just to see, I was seeing all these charges on my monthly bill. Oh no. With uh, you know, having four kids and You know, it's most of them were mine, just various apps that I use that I pay for on an annual basis. A lot of them had just renewed and it it was a little shocking. Like, do I need all this stuff? Um, So just, just little things like that, that you can find ways to save money as you get closer to retirement. Let me throw in two tip ins. Um, My Orc Acorns app right now, Mm -hmm.
1: you can see $97,000. You and I started that about four years ago. Yeah. Um, and I just put in 125 a week on top of it rounds up my credit card purchases or my wife's credit cards, purpose, uh, purchases, um, just a dumb way to save incredibly dumb, but it's the coolest thing because I could be sitting and having a sandwich at a bar and I could show someone like this is a great way to save. Um, yeah. it's very uh, fun friendly, but another tip in on subscriptions, rocket money. Um, you can get few. Have you tried week. that? I haven't. I haven't. I, it's amazing. Is it, it really? It's Yeah. So I did it two days ago. Um, and I found out that I'm paying for YouTube TV twice. Oh no, no, I'm not paying for YouTube TV twice. My wife has a second account that is charging us $75 a month, uh, for the last five months down $350 just like that and then there's it'll find all sorts of subscriptions that you have um, some of them are yeah. kind of weird uh that you didn't know about um and some of them are wrongly labeled so it's not perfect but rocket money is amazing um the only thing i don't like about it it's owned by the owner of the cleveland cavaliers and if you're a basketball fan here it. <laughs> yeah,
2: it still
1: hurts that they beat the warriors a few years back yeah so, yeah so I, don't have, like, I don't like giving money to a billionaire who's going to go out and spend on a free agent.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, for for our clients, we have a lot of clients that just systematically deposit into the accounts that we're managing for them at, at Fidelity or Schwab. Um, yeah. But I'm talking about for people that haven't set it up or they can't meet an account minimum to you know actually hire an advisor because most advisors have you know half a million dollar account minimum. So you got to get there. That's why we have that 15 steps. But um, there are ways to set up systematic purchases of ETFs in a Schwab account or a Fidelity account. Um, I often for to kind of side subject, a lot of times clients will ask about their kids and what should their kids do to set up accounts for like a Roth IRA, for example. Sure. And Fidelity Go has a great option of index funds that like kind of a, it's already done for you. You just make a deposit. It's free for like the first 10 grand, I believe. So there's a lot of really good options out there. I mean, Rob, when we started doing this in 1999, uh, back then it was kind of Bidwell, which eventually became Ameritrade and TD Ameritrade. Um, It was amazing because they came out with the ability to buy individual stocks at $19.99 a trade. That's revolutionary. And back then, it was still the world of brokers where people would call us and they want to buy a stock. We charge them 2% to buy that stock. Investing has almost become free. And that's why I encourage people because between technology and free trades on stocks and, and ETFs, And the technology that we use to monitor portfolios and the asset allocation and tax loss harvesting, um, investing has become easier. And so if somebody's charging a person 1.25 or 1.5%, and all they're getting out of it is a pie chart basic portfolio of mutual funds with no financial planning, that's another area of cost savings where you either you're you can either do it on your own if you don't have that much money or hire a new advisor that's charging you know, 1% or less, but also doing all of the other financial planning, giving advice on insurance, giving advice on estate planning and taxes, because a lot of ways that we add value is tax savings and tax strategies, and that helps keep your costs down in retirement as well. And estate planning and college analysis, and mm-hmm. there's so
1: many uh, packages that EP has access to that I think are wise. Um, including real estate analysis where you can decide if you're getting cash flowing in a rental
2: intelligently or not. Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, because first of all, prices have gone up so much in the Bay area that the rents haven't followed. So by the time you, you do a net income analysis, even with the taxes savings from depreciation, if you're even getting that um, which you don't, if you have you know passive losses and your incomes over a certain size, uh, people are starting to lose insurance on their homes and their rental properties in the Bay area. Because insurance companies are pulling out. And so there's a lot of ways to kind of get out of that real estate and get a better cash flow without paying a bunch of taxes. Sounds good. So this show that's is, a whole show.
1: <laughs> and we will do them. Um, yeah. It's fun doing it on camera with you if you're listening to the radio. We're going to make these clips available soon. You can find more at Rob Black Show or chadburton.com. Chad's going to be doing an event August 24th in the Bay Area at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, California, 630 to 830, the 7 Readiness Test for Retirement. You can learn more and sign up at chadburton.com or robblackshow.com. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at
2: robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth.
1: I'm pretty lucky. As a career, I chose to get into financial media. Um, I was once a registered investment advisor. 25 years ago, I met a young man named Chad Burton. He was a CFP. It was an accreditation that not a lot of people knew about. As I learned more about it, I saw the future of financial um, issues, kind of blending investment advising, portfolio management, in with what a CFP can bring to the table, uh, which is a lot more. Um, ultimately over the last 25 years, I think I've been proven right because the investment side of it is the easier side, the details that go into life planning, whether it's college planning or estate planning, whether it goes into, uh, do you leave money to your children? Um, social security strategies, do you take it at 62? Do you take it at 70? Um, your 401k, do you start taking it early? Do you take it later? Pretty complicated thing. State analysis, you throw in, uh. Uh, Other things that are going to come up, oh, it's on me. That's okay. Um, But a CFP, I think, is a great accreditation. So it's been a pleasure working with you for the last 20-plus years, Chad, as um, it's really uh, slowly but surely taught me everything that I kind of need to know. And most of that is that I should work with a CFP as I turn 55 and have wealth. Um, I no longer am creating wealth. I have wealth. Um, One of the things we're talking about today is kind of me um, getting ready for retirement. You have a big event coming up, August 24th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Pacific time. If people want to fly out, Um, they can. It's in Los Gatos, California, close to San Jose. Um, Seven readiness test for retirement. That's kind of a mouthful. But what I like about it is I feel that at the end of that event, I'll be able to, you know, have a couple more check marks or a couple areas where I'm like, I need to think about that, including long-term care, something I've put off because my dad worked till the day he died. Uh, but my mom did need three years. So I think it's more like about my spouse. Um, but these are all things that we uh, we can talk about later uh, today. Uh, let's talk about paying off non-mortgage debt as part of a strategy going into retirement. That one seems um, a little mathematical um, and probably digestible for people.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's I, I'm I'm not a fan of debt um, unless it's tied to real estate, right? And it's it's deductible. I like college so, debt. Well, yeah, I mean, you've you've got the subsidized loans where you're not really paying anything on it until you get out of college, so that's that's fine. But we're talking about you know people in their 50s, so hopefully hopefully the college debt's already gone. But they might they might have their kids, and that's that's one issue is you know paying off debt and also stop enabling kids. You know, what do you mean by that? Um, Give me an example. Have you cut your kids off yet? Uh, well, I've got a f- one in final year of college and, um, you know, Nick is collecting additional degrees because the kid is so smart. And I'm like, are you, are you going to end up a professor? <laughs> because he wants he's got a personal finance degree. He's finishing a math and psychology degree at Texas Tech. And he's talking about going to UW to get a different one. And I'm like, you know, that, that one's going to be on you. Um, time to get into the world, real world of work, and and start putting your knowledge to work. Because I think you can almost get so smart that it's hard to apply in the real world. Um, so we've got to get that moving. But I, I see, um, you know, people continuing to allow kids to live at home and support them and and everything else. When they're fully capable of moving out and paying their own expenses. And so you have to realize that your kids are young. They have the ability to continue to work and pay their own expenses, pay their own debt. You're 55 years old. You've got a short window of, of working years left and you've got to maximize your savings and keep your expenses down. So I am continuing to see, you know, enabling children be more of an issue at this generation. <laughs> so um, it's you know interesting about it's, that? it's real.
1: What's interesting about that, Chad, is um, living in the Bay Area, there's a lot of cultures, um, Spanish culture. There's Asian cultures. Um, some families want to live together. And, you know, uh, grandpa and grandma live in the house. And I've gotten my foot in my mouth more than once by saying things like whatever. I I, I just don't want to live with my kids. Not because of me, but because I want to enable their life to go out and, you know, not have a burden in the basement. Mm-hmm. culturally speaking, it is interesting how we also approach uh, financial decisions, things like sharing a home with a grandparent. Uh, but you may continue.
2: Well, yeah, it's but you also in that same situation, it's it's a difference between, hey, it's culturally I'm going to take care of my parents. They're going to live with me versus going to assisted living or a nursing home. That, that's one thing that because those parents still had high expectations for those kids to succeed. Mm hmm and do things on their own to get to the point where then they could then care for them. So, um, you know, that, that's an issue. So, so other ways to, you know, continue to cut expenses is downsizing and moving in your future with prop 19, you now have it's, it's a lot easier to move throughout California. So downsize your Bay area and move somewhere else in California. Um, a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm going to move out of the state because of the state income taxes that takes careful analysis because, a lot of times people, once they retire, um, their California state income tax, their effective rate by the time they get all the deductions and everything else might only be like 6 or 7%. And they have a Prop 19 property tax situation. So that idea of moving out of a state into another state that has lower income taxes but a higher property tax and then you got to buy a new house and you got to furnish that house, sometimes that doesn't all pan out. Um, so unless it's a significant downsize and that's why, you know, a lot of people have moved from California to the Northwest the state of Washington, places like that, um, is downsizing and moving in your future because, um, most of your retirement savings is in your home and your home is not an asset until you plan on selling it, living off of the equity until then it's a bit of a liability, right? You got maintenance costs, you got property taxes and mortgage and other issues. It's interesting
1: because you hired a CFP many years ago named Brad, and he is now my CFP. And I had a recent conversation with him of talking about in five to ten years when my kids are off to college. Um, if I were to downsize, what do you think about me doing a rental in California so I could avoid the property taxes? And he's like, let's talk about it later, but I got your back on that one and he will talk to me about it. But California is tough, Chad, because um it seems like it's hot everywhere now. Um in the Bay Area, a lot of people move halfway to uh tahoe uh, a city called auburn that area the auburn hills um but it's 105 during july and august every single day and that doesn't do well on an old body Uh, trying to find the right place um i think you once told me visit it for a month or two have a a long vacation there see if you um like the weather and like the people and like the taxes and like the restaurants
2: Yeah. A a lot of clients that'll move out of say, you know, the Northwest or Northern California and they want to move to Arizona tax, more of a tax friendly state. A lot of times they have to have two homes because they're, they're, you know, sitting in Arizona in August is not, (laughs) you know, unless you like to be inside and sit in air conditioning, that's, that's another story. Um, I picture myself having multiple locations, you know, after the kids are on out on their own because I just I would love to be in a ski in ski out all winter and I'd love to be in a nice, clean, clear lake that nobody uses because we're on the water every day of the week in the summertime. And so that's really kind of two different locations. So that's kind of in my plan. So downsizing is a financial option for
1: people um, 65, 55 as they start to hit those retirement years where they no longer have to have that home base. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a big one, financially speaking, but it's also a serious one. Because there are a lot of costs, the cost of moving. So the cost yeah. of buying a new home, 3% to buy, 3% to sell. It's like, it, it all seems to add up.
2: Yeah. We, I mean, recently did a plan for a, a couple where they have a rental in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really by the time they had a renter in there and they they barely done rent increases. Um, you know, there was a, a big remodel that was going to have to occur and when, by the time we looked at their income minus all of their expenses, and they were pretty much out of depreciation on that property. So we, you know, we really dig into the tax return on the schedule E where we find all this information. It really wasn't a great property anymore. Um, so in their case, they know they wanted to downsize. And so we did a 1031 exchange to where they want to end up. Um, that's where you can you know sell a home that's a rental property and, Uh, within 45 days, you have to identify three other ones and there's some other rules around there and then close within 180 days. And so they now own a rental property in an area where they're eventually going to want to live. And so part of their plan is they'll rent it out for about five or six years, boot the renter out and then remodel it and then move in and claim that as their primary residence and likely sell their Bay area home. Then they could, uh,
1: do some more intelligent stuff with taxes if that's not their permanent home forever. Mm-hmm. They can get the $500,000 deduction as a couple. So I like what you're thinking, Chad. I like what you're thinking. Uh These kind of ideas and more are going to come out at the event on the 24th of August. The... Uh, Seven Readiness Tests of Retirement with CFP Chad Burton, sponsored by EP Wealth. You can sign up for the event at chadburton.com. It's going to be at the Toll House Hotel. Lovely location if you want to meet Chad a little bit early. Um, They've got a great uh, dining room bar area, and um, it's just a a nice place to have a meeting. So we're looking forward to getting back there. Um, Should we move on to the rental property on making money on the rental property? Because you hinted at something there, Chad. They had a renter in there a long time. They didn't raise rents a lot. I have a rental, the same exact situation. Um, they're good tenants and I don't raise the rent. Financially stupid, socially lovely. But um, how do you go about telling people uh kick a tenant out or, <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> or raise rent? Be a, that's a slum one. I,
2: I've got a lot of clients that have not raised rent enough over the years because yeah. they really like somebody. And, and if they're financially, You know, fine, and that's kind of you know their their way of giving back in a sense. But yeah, we you've got to maximize your income, Um, and and you also get to a point in retirement where you're just tired of dealing with it. Um, the, The true cost of rent, when you look at okay, is this truly passive income? You have to make sure that in your analysis, you're putting in things like maintenance cost, occasional remodel, bad rental properties. And you know we can talk about ways of 1031 exchanging out of those properties into more passive investments so that you don't have to deal with management and other issues. You just kick back and create some income. Uh, you know that's at least a whole segment, if not a whole show. Coming up, we're going to talk about investment mistakes in
1: retirement. You can find CFP Chad Burton at his website, ChadBurton.com. You can schedule an appointment with him. You can upload your documents and he can review your financial plan for you. Or you can meet him August 24th. Sign up for that event at RobBlackShow.com or ChadBurton.com. It's Los Gatos, California, Toll House Hotel. August 24th chadburton.com. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. So Chad and I have an event coming up. It's really his event. August 24th, 630 to 830 Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, California. Arrive early because there's always traffic. Um, And you don't want to miss this stuff because it's fast information. It's the 7 Readiness Test for Retirement, August 24th, 630 to 830 Toll House Hotel, Los Gatos, California. Um, While you're at chadburton.com, you can sign up, but you can also find a lot of great downloads. You can upload your portfolio. You can set up a meeting with Chad. It's a good thing to check out chadburton.com. Now, Chad, let's talk about some of the mistakes that people make as we sail into retirement. I don't want to make mistakes. Um, Don't have a lot of time for strikeouts and recovery.
2: Well, yeah, one of the big investment mistakes out there is expensive annuity contracts. Now there are, are a handful of decent no-load annuity contracts that fee-only advisors can use, um, and they're for very specific situations, kind of either you know bond alternatives or stock, be something between stocks and bonds. Um, but the issue is, is I mean, even the Department of Labor and the SEC has 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 pointed this out as a major problem and implemented two rule new rules, because people are being talked into rolling their 401k's over into expensive annuity contracts that have these promise of income guarantees and the fact is is that there's never been a 10 year period where a balanced portfolio has lost money so these income guarantees are kind of smoke and mirror by insurance companies where they go from here's you could have gone into this portfolio that had internal fees of you know, somewhere between 0.3 and 1.3%. And all of a sudden you've rolled your 401k into an expensive annuity that has fees of around three and a half percent. So that's a lot of money. You know, that's that's 35 grand a year on a million bucks. You know, so that's that's a little that's a little rough. Um, so that's a big issue is expensive annuity products, um, expensive life insurance products where you funnel tons of money in. Um, where you get talked into, this is a better option than your 401k because it's tax-free income for life in this life insurance product. Those guys are making like 50% commission on premiums that go into those things in the first year. So that is a horrible idea. The people that say 401ks are terrible, they're a tax trap. And uh, uh, well, what about the Roth 401k? That's tax-free savings for the rest of your life. So that expensive, you know, dump all your money into expensive life insurance products because they're the greatest things ever terrible idea um big ones concentrated stock positions right you get into a stock that has done really really well forever and then all of a sudden it just starts to lag and lag and lag you can kind of point to cisco systems as that where you get too much into one stock and then you go through a long period of underperformance after a long period of overperformance. performance um, or you have the world common enron you know a big crash um, people that start to try to day trade so they feel like they're behind in retirement so they get sucked into day trading classes online or forex trading and things like that. And there's ways to make a living doing that. I mean, we both know people that have made, they make a living day trading or forex or commodity trading, but it is a full-time job. It's not something that you have time for if you're working 40 hours already. For the Uh, the record, I don't know anyone who's a day trader who's done it for five years or more. Um, I know people who have
1: lucky, not lucky spurts, but right time, right place spurts. mm Mm-hmm. The last 15 years with super low interest rates it's been the right time right place for 15 years so mm-hmm. i caution people because i i think i see a lot more of the um average investor retail investor and you see a lot more of the wealth uh investor per se
2: yeah I mean, people that have done it for a job you know a full-time job uh we already talked about those that pay you know a, f- a financial advisor over 1% and all they're getting out of it is kind of a pie chart of mutual funds and no mm-hmm. other financial planning that's that's a waste of money um, you got, you, you got to expect more tax planning, full comprehensive cash flow and tax analysis for retirement, and then borrowing money from a 401k. I just saw a report today that 401k balances are way up, but so are hardship withdrawals. And I think that people, you know, feel this, this push, I got to get into this home. I got to get into this home. And so they do a a loan on their 401k to get into a home that you can you know pay back over in some cases, 15 years if it's your first home, but most loans of 401k are over five. And then they switch jobs and realize that it's all payable, and you, you got to pay right then, or the whole thing becomes taxable. Um, so there's a lot of mistakes of people sucking money out of their retirement accounts too early just to get into that next home. Yeah, and and I you know I see those mistakes all the time. That's why we say the more that people swap houses, spouses, and cars, the more they tend to be broke in retirement. <laughs> so it's, that's a that's a big issue.
1: Did a special for TLC, the top 10 401k mistakes. And the year was 2006. And uh, they interviewed a person who wanted to take money out of their 401k to buy a house. Let's just say it was a very bad time to do that. Yeah. Um, but let's move onward and upward, shall we? Yeah, yeah we got it. a little extra time. Um, what are some expenses that retirees forget about? Um, I think this ties into uh, being retired with Medicare and medical and um, mm-hmm.
2: Other mm-hmm. other issues. Well, for early retirees, let's say you think you can retire at sixty. It's you know what are you going to get? What are you going to pay for your health insurance costs from sixty to sixty five? Um, that's basically covered after you get off Cobra. It's covered California plans, and and then there's this, all these tricks you can do with your income to try to get these premium credits back on it. But once you're sixty five, you get Medicare Part A for free. Medicare Part P B you have to pay for, and if your income Uh, married finally jointly is over 180, 190-ish, those premiums start to go up quite a bit. And so those healthcare costs are real. Then you got supplemental insurance. You got at least $6,000 a year per person for all of those medical expenses, inflating at least 5%. But the more income you make, the higher those Medicare premiums are. Um, So you got to add in your 5% inflation on healthcare costs, 2.5% inflation on everything else at a minimum. But I always... You know, in plans, I see people think of I, I I'm gonna need a new car at some point, whether it's seven years down the road or ten. Uh, eventually, you know, your home's gonna be out of date or you're gonna need to remodel it because of your health issues, uh, maintenance on your home, maintenance on your rental properties that people forget to budget in there, because every so often you might have five years, nothing has to do with your rental property, and then you gotta put a new air conditioning unit or a roof or something like that. Um, and then insurance cost increases have been pretty real lately. Um, and then you know, it's just things like gifts to your family. As your kids have more children, you're going to have more grandkids that you're going to be gifting to. Just little things like that, weddings, you know, those types of things.
1: You can find Chad at epwealth.com. His website is chadburton.com as well. He's got an event coming up August 24th at the Toll House Hotel, 6:30 to 8:30. Seven retirement readiness tests. You learn more by going to chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com. Thanks, Chad. Thank you, Rob.
2: See you the 24th.
1: Think you're in good shape
3: for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, August 24th in Los Gatos. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness, Thursday, August 24th, 630 to 830 p.m. at the Los Gatos Toll House Hotel. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests?